0: That's a growler.
1: Hi, and welcome to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, the podcast where we analyze and theorize about our favorite Beauty and the Beast movie ever from 1991. We are excited to have you here. We're going to be talking about Minute 30 today. I am one of your hosts, Janae.
0: And I am your other host, Bobby.
1: We start off this episode with Gaston and LeFou finishing whispering about their plans and ending with Mrs. Potts telling Chip, Slowly, slowly, What do you think about today's Minute? (laughs) Bobby?
0: (laughs) I love this minute. I mean, I like this whole scene so much. We've already been through a few minutes, but the th- the song is funny. It's very clever. And in this minute, Gaston's really getting into it. He's got a new plan that they're whispering about. And it's... Uh, I wish we could hear their whispering, but whatever. Um,
1: <laughs> they do that on purpose, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah they try to aggravate me. Um, What? But I said they just try to aggravate me.
1: Oh, well.
0: But uh, I did see, right before they go into their singing and dancing again, um, now that Gaston is in a really good mood because he has a plan, on the wall, I couldn't tell what it was before. I thought it was a raccoon. It is a badger (laughs) that is on the wall, in case that was bugging you.
1: (laughs) How did you know? You and your animals on the wall... (laughs)
0: It's It's, all about the details. It's
1: almost as obsessive as me and the bread and pumpkin sellers in the first song. (laughs) Uh, I feel like I talked about that every minute, the first four minutes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
1: And this is yours.
0: Well, some (laughs) of them make sense and some of them... Don't really. I mean, like, okay, you got the moose and, like, the elk and deer and whatever those big animals are that hunters would know what they were. He um, probably hunts those for meat. Then you got, like, the bears and the boar and stuff that's, like, okay, those are probably, like, being dangerous wild animals nearby or something. But then it's, like, okay, I don't know too much about badgers and owls, um, but I'm pretty sure, like, rabbits aren't going after anybody And there's, like, a a ferret stuffed somewhere in this this, uh, scene in the tavern. And it's like, okay, well, he just hunts down whatever.
1: Well, there are... Okay, well, rabbits are food. Lots of people eat rabbits, so that's not so weird. It is a little strange that it's on the wall. Yeah. Because I think you just usually eat the rabbits. But there's a line in this song in the new movie that's different that, um, they're talking about, like, how Gaston is, like, will go hunting, and he'll sneak up on his prey, and shoot them from behind, and uh, LeFou says, is that fair? And Gaston says, I don't care. And it kind of, I guess, goes with, he has no scruples about what kind of animals he shoots. He'll kill a mockingbird. Yeah, he doesn't care. That
0: sounds familiar. But, yeah.
1: I, I thought their dance together was ridiculous. Gaston is really in a good mood because, first of all, how can Gaston even squat down and dance like that without hurting his back or something? <laughs> um, And second of all, why? Why are they dancing together? And why stoop to dance at LeFou's level? Because, I mean, I guess in a minute he does scoop LeFou up and swing him around like normal, but that is normal. So I kind of was like, why does he even squat down like that to dance at LeFou's level? I mean, other than to look silly.
0: Well, I think it just shows like what a great mood he's in because he's like, I have this figured out. I'm going to get what I want. And that was what was surprising to me as well is that like, he's not only in a good mood, he's not just singing, but he is dancing with LeFou. Right. And up till now, anytime that LeFou gets touchy-feely with him or, like, tries to get close to him or touch him at all, he gets smacked around. But... Gaston, it looks like, is actually the one that's instigating this dance. And like you said, he goes down to LeFou's level and starts dancing with him. And LeFou's just having the time of his life. I mean, they're singing together. They're dancing together. Bro
1: moment.
0: (laughs) For a moment. And Gaston picks him up and starts swinging him around. And as he, like, comes around this table, you see LeFou's face. And he just, like, he looks like a five-year-old kid (laughs) with, with, like, a... I don't know, a bag full of candy or something. He's just so happy, and it, it will never last, but it's Lafou's happy moment.
1: I got a still of um, Gaston swinging LeFou. All you can see is like LeFou's hands, feet, and coattails, but Gaston is mid-word Gaston, and... His mouth looks like he's grimacing. I'm like, even in the middle of this happy thing, singing his own name, he looks scary. (laughs) And his cheekbones are like really defined, which I think also adds to his criminal look.
0: Well, he is swinging around a man that is not a skinny man. (laughs) So there's probably some effort to be... Dancing and holding someone else and spinning around and singing at the same time. I guess. I thought it was interesting that as, you know, they start their procession, I guess, towards the window, and everybody's mm-hmm. kind of lined up on both sides to cheer them on, the Bimbets. They don't seem very concerned yeah, about this new plan. I
1: noticed that too. It's
0: like they're they're just happy singing with everybody else, and I feel like they should be more upset that Gaston is is back on the the trail of B, of Belle.
1: Yeah, I was impressed a bit by the whole ensemble, I guess you could call them, the townspeople in this minute, because Gaston literally sings out loud for everyone to hear. Um, or maybe Lafu does, plans to persecute harmless crackpots like Gaston. Yeah. They know what they're doing, though. Kn- they know they are going to persecute someone who is harmless and who's not going to hurt anyone, but they're going to do it anyway to get what Gaston wants. And everyone is hears it and is standing around smiling. And they follow up right behind that with his marriage, we soon will be celebrating, They do not have a problem with Gaston coercing Belle into marriage by persecuting her harmless father.
0: Well, that is the guy they just threw out in the snow.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying there's something wrong with these townspeople. Their morals are highly, highly messed up.
0: (laughs) Well, it's also important to remember that these aren't representative of all the townspeople. These are the late night tavern townspeople.
1: That's a good
0: point. So hopefully the the whole town doesn't feel this way, but the whole town does get quite angry easily.
1: Yes, they do. Possibly.
0: Uh, I really like as we're exiting how they the the camera work as we yeah. are like going back away from them through the window and everybody's singing to us. They're singing us out. Uh, I think that's a, a pretty cool shot. As we, I love leave. the
1: choreography of this part, basically for lack of another word. Of the ensemble basically lining this aisle and having this like synchronized fist pump like thing and then like raising their hands all together as LeFou and Gaston walk down the aisle, quote unquote. And yeah. I was like they're enacting his marriage to come. And I was like, oh. they are getting a little ahead of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> But good times all around.
0: LeFou is so short. I know. Like, he, his, the top of his head comes up to Gaston's belt.
1: I swear, he's a midget.
0: He has to be. Like, nobody else is that short. He
1: is a midget.
0: Hmm. Hmm, hmm, He's a munchkin. Which would make sense if uh, if his family were the fools, the, the court jesters.
1: <laughs> if they were all midgets.
0: Yeah. <sighs> uh... That's, like, one of the few professions i think that they had to do back then
1: Hmm, that could work
0: so we leave the tavern and we go to a very wet sounding crying from bell
1: oh you skipped right over maurice though
0: oh maurice he's just wandering around the snow nobody cares about him
1: you just made me sad (laughs) <laughs> he asks, will no one help me so yeah, sad. and the wind sad howling and he's all alone and there's you see the snow and all the lights it, it except for so the tavern cold. are out okay now we can move on to bell crying so <laughs> is she holding her dad's scarf right there
0: <gasps> is that what that
1: is? I don't know, because at first when I was watching it today, or yesterday, or whenever I was watching it, I was like, what is she holding? What is she holding a sash for? It's like tan. What? Is that like a part of the blanket? And then I was like, well, wait, is that her dad's scarf? But it probably... Did he have a scarf?
0: I think you're right. I think it must be.
1: Because then he gets another scarf when he goes home, doesn't he?
0: yeah. Yes, he. I don't does. remember
1: her carrying it in the previous minutes, though, as they walked through the castle.
0: Maybe she had it in like a pocket. <laughs>
1: pocket. Dresses cool. have pockets, right? I don't know. Well, anyway, so I think that might be her dad's scarf. So sad day, but at least she has something of his to remember him by for the rest of eternity while she's there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't remember him having a scarf, though, until he gets one to go back.
1: I don't either. I can't figure out what it would be, though. Anyway, moving on. Mrs. Potts is the first enchanted person-turned-object that she meets. And much like her father, she she does react probably more than Maurice does. Yeah. But she still doesn't react that much, in my opinion. Yeah, I had the same note. She accepts like, okay. it very quickly.
0: She's like, what? And then she's like, okay, magic things. <laughs> Which I guess, I mean, she knows she's imprisoned by a beast who's obviously not something natural. So. Yeah. And then we see later on that she's smart enough to figure things out as far as what's going on in this castle. Right. I thought it was interesting as she opens the door and Mrs. Potts comes in, like, the lighting in the scene, the lighting in the room. Changes And as Potts comes in, like the room brightens up hmm. and then she goes back towards the wardrobe and it brightens up more. And I think I saw some candles. Yeah, there's a there's like a candle thing on the wall. Um, The candles aren't lit, so it's not like they came in and the candles became lit to lighten up the room. So I think it's just trying to convey the feeling that, hey, these people that are coming in or objects or whatever, they're they're brightening her up. They're making her feel better. And Hmm. she's not scared of them.
1: I love that. I love the wardrobe a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I love that she practically sings everything. Even though it's just like a speaking line. She Mm -hmm. still kind of sings it. And it's just really fun because I do that too. So that's relatable for me. (laughs) But she is voiced by Joanne Worley. And I, I looked her up on IMDb. And... She was born in Indiana in September of 1937. I don't know how old that makes her, but she <laughs> like during the move when she made this movie. Right. But um, she had some good education. After she graduated from high school, she apprenticed with the Pickwick Players, and then she went to Midwestern State University for two years on a theater scholarship. Then she transferred to Los Angeles City College. And she also trained at the Pasadena Playhouse. So she has a lot of great training and education, and she has done lots of acting, but she's also well-known as a comedian. There's way too many things she's been in for me to even list it, but she's done variety shows Broadway, she's done off Broadway, she's been in touring musicals, she's done comedies, straight plays, she's been on TV, she's done voice acting. The movies that she's most famous for that anyone would know are A Goofy Movie, she does the voice of Miss Maples, uh, Beauty and the Beast, of course, and she was in The Shaggy DA. Have you seen that movie? Mm-hmm. It's a Disney live action movie, and it's basically kind of in the the Shaggy Dog series of movies because there was the Shaggy Dog, and then I think I think it's just the Shaggy Dog and the Shaggy D A. And it's like instead of a teenager turning into a dog, it's this lawyer turns into a dog. <laughs> Harry Dog. It's like, I, th- I thought it was the
0: Shaggy Dog, but apparently it's a different movie. It's a different
1: movie, but it has like Dean Jones in it. I love Dean Jones. So amazing. But she's in that. And the funny thing that I saw on IMDb about her that I really liked was her catchphrase. And her catchphrase was, was that a chicken joke? I don't know why I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure with the context of whatever the situation is that she would use it in, it was way funnier than <laughs> me just saying it just now. But I thought it was just really funny because, like, you know, why did the chicken cross the road? Uh, was that a chicken joke? Okay, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> was that a chicken joke, Janae?
1: Yes, it was a chicken joke. <laughs>
0: So, I actually don't have too much more for this minute. The last thing I have is that she's meeting and bumping into these characters, and she, I think she says, like, this is impossible. And I wrote down, at least she's thinking that this is impossible. Right. Like, she's fairly quickly going to accept it, but we get the feeling that she's a little more connected to the real world <laughs> than Maurice was, yeah. or is.
1: I love that um, she bumps into the wardrobe, and then the wardrobe reacts vocally and, like, starts to move, and she's startled and surprised and reacts to the wardrobe. So it's like this chain reaction, and if the wardrobe hadn't been animated, it would have just stood there. She would have just backed up into the wardrobe and possibly stayed there, but no, she backed in to the wardrobe as if she was like backing into a person then she's like startled by that and like moves in a different direction so I thought they did a really good job with that part
0: and then the wardrobe like flops down on the bed where she's sitting and like bounces her
1: <laughs> I love that
0: <laughs> just like trying, still trying to be a person
1: <laughs> yeah she's and I love the way she talks uh, I can't even think of any lines that she has to do her voice but It's so funny. And in this minute, so Mrs. Potts and Chip come in to offer her some tea, but that sugar bowl and cream pitcher or whatever it is, they don't have faces. So, but they walk around and move and stuff. So would they be inanimate objects that are just sucking up the power of the curse or of the people around them? Yeah,
0: that's... That's what I would think is the most likely, is that I guess they are using the energy of Mrs. Potts and Chip to have kind of personalities and perform the functions they need to perform.
1: It would be pretty hard to bring along sugar and cream if they weren't animated objects. Yeah,
0: then the question arises of, are the... I mean... This is all just into the theory of it, but does Mrs. Potts decide that she needs the sugar and the cream to animate, and so she animates, <gasps> like, wills them to be animated? Ooh! Or does like the curse choose which things get animated that aren't people? Interesting. Or this is the sad, sad, uh, er option is that they were people, and as the curse uses their energy, they become less and less people until they're just normal objects.
1: Why would it use? the energy of some people more than others though like at a faster rate than others
0: I don't know maybe just like okay well I gotta pick one person so (laughs) sugar pot it's you the one I'm using up next Uh, (laughs) aww they go like down the the totem pole or up the totem pole (laughs) pole. okay all the scullery maids go first you're all the spoons (laughs) that's sad yeah
1: Well, I think that is pretty much everything I've got for today's minute.
0: Likewise. So, it is the end of the week. Congratulations, everyone. You have done it. Unless you're (laughs) listening to this Friday morning, in which case you've only got one day left. You've almost done it. (laughs) Almost done it. And I guess this would be a good time to announce... um, We are going to be having some weekend episodes that will be coming out. As most of you know, we have Sally, our researcher, who helps us to research things and gives us awesome things to talk about. She is going to be doing special weekend episodes, which we're going to be calling the West Wing episodes, because they're going to be a deeper dive into things that we don't get a chance to or aren't able to or don't know to talk about here on the Minute by Minute (laughs) Breakdown she knows I'm a ton so of stuff about to being to the beast. To that and she likes to go into the nitty-gritty of it. So, it'll probably be a few weeks before we get those out, but pay attention to those and hopefully you'll have something to listen to on Saturdays where she can go into to some deeper detail into the literary stuff and uh, the the deeper themes of the movie. So, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, they're going to be good. They're definitely going to be good. And they'll probably only be like one a month or something. So, it's not going to be every weekend. Um, So there'd be extra special treats. And if that means you don't have anything to listen to right now on your Saturdays throughout Mowing the Lawn or whatever you're doing when you listen to podcasts, be sure to head over to the Movies by Minute website where there are tons of movies that are done in this format. And I'm sure you're going to find another movie that you love as much as Beauty and the Beast almost where they're doing a Movies by Minute podcast and you can check it out. They've got several other Disney movies going on right now. Snow White, a Goofy Movie there are probably some other ones. <laughs> I think there's Toy Story and uh, Zootopia. Has a, they're doing a Zootopia Minute, but I think that one's only available on YouTube. But then there are tons of other uh, movies. So definitely go check out moviesbyminute.com and see if you find other podcasts that you love. And if you need to get a hold of us... You can do that by going to our Facebook page or our Twitter. Both of those you can find by searching at Beastly Minute. Um, We would love for you to go to our listeners group and join that. That is Beauty and the Beastly Minute listeners library. And you can have conversations and we can have debates. And you can actually have a conversation with us about the stuff that's going on in these episodes. So be sure to go over to Facebook and join that group. If you're on Facebook Janae uh, how can people send you a message if they want to do that
1: you are more than welcome to follow me on Facebook at Voiceover, and you can email me if you really need to get a hold of me or are interested in my work and um, in me working on a project for you with, that needs voiceover. My email is janae.hyatt at gmail.com, which you can see the spelling of if you go to Facebook or YouTube, which I'm also on there. That's pretty much it.
0: Excellent, and if you're on YouTube, be sure to head over and check out Duo Hansen. They are provide our theme music and so we are very grateful to them for their awesome music which you have the pleasure of listening to right after we finish up here (laughs) um so be sure to check them out and see the other covers and songs that they have there
1: thanks for listening and we hope you have a great weekend we'll see you on monday
0: this is impossible
1: i know it is but here we are
0: Something is really different. I'm a growler. I'm keeping your bones. Sharp, cruel fangs.